are now listening to Shy Sox Weekly, hosted by Tony Marchese and John Suarez. everybody thank you for tuning in to shy Sox weekly episode 41 brought to you by the on tap sports network my name is john suarez joined as always by my co-hosts johnny nani and tony marchese well i shouldn't say as always because johnny wasn't with us last week but guys how are we doing today i'm good it's good to be back uh yeah i missed uh the last time you guys recorded um i was up at a chicago wolves game courtesy of some of our on tap sports net uh fellow writers so that was a good time but it's good to be back talking white Sox baseball with you guys Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's the Crosstown week. Yeah, um, honestly, we actually haven't talked in two weeks. I just kind of butched that at the beginning by saying last week. But yeah, so we were off last week. Um, I ended up going to two Sox games last week. So I pulled the Johnny and Tony special because these guys go to hella Sox games. I don't really go to that many Sox games, as many as I would like to. So, um, yeah, like Tony just said, it is the Crosstown Classic. We do have um, some guests, plural, for you tonight. We have the Northside Nine, which is another ONTAP Sports Network podcast. So we're going to preview the Crosstown series. Uh, Before we get those guys on, I want to give a major shout-out to Ryan Burr. Like I had mentioned, I went to a few games last week. Um, It was mine and my girlfriend's anniversary, and I wanted to take her to a Sox game which I'm sure she was just dying to do for our anniversary. So um, I put a feeler out looking for some tickets on Twitter, and Ryan Burr, the man himself, uh, told me to kind of shoot him my info, and he'll give me some tickets. So they were awesome seats. I got to spend that game with mostly my girlfriend, and then I believe in like the seventh, maybe the eighth inning, we went over and we chilled with Johnny and his dad, which is always an awesome time. And it was a lot of fun. That was one of the most fun Sox games I've been to in recent memory because Eloy hit three or two three-run bombs. You know, the offense was just on fire. It was a Giolito start, so I got to see him in action. So a lot, a lot of fun. How long? What have you guys been up to since the last time we talked? Yeah, I, I caught a game last week, too. Um, that was on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, we were there together. That was last mm-hmm. Tuesday. When um, they beat the Nationals? Yeah, that was the game against the Nationals. And then, uh, you know, Father's Day weekend, doing all that stuff, seeing the family, um, you know, just watching some White Sox baseball, enjoying most of what I've seen this past week, uh, despite those two games in the weekend. But it was uh, it was good to see the ballpark full. So that was not something that we're used to. I mean, Sunday yeah. was sold out. I wanted to go to that game, and apparently you had to buy tickets early to that one because I wasn't even able to get anything. Yeah, I was telling Tony, who, by the way, is a big dad guy, so happy belated Father's Day to you, but I was telling him that uh, it was that it was that Coca-Cola polo that everybody was after, so that was a hot commodity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had two, two giveaways. Uh, actually, they had three really solid giveaways this weekend. Uh, there was that polo that you had mentioned, uh, great for the dads, nice golf polo. Um, and then Saturday was the Hawaiian shirt. I wasn't there for that one. I was, uh, at a graduation party that night, but other than that, I've been living at the ballpark. Um, like we had mentioned on our season preview episode, what game we were looking forward to most. Uh, mine was that Thursday night game against the Yankees because of the disco demolition t-shirt giveaway. I got in early, got one. It was sweet and I had two tickets. So I came back out, went in, tried to get another one. By the time I had gone back in, they were all out. So, 
Um, definitely had to get there early to get those, but um, great, great T-shirt, Disco Demolition. And, you know, I was right. I mean, I didn't uh, expect the result to be exactly that, but I guess I was right in the season preview episode saying that was the one I was looking forward to most because, like John had mentioned, Eloy went off two three-run bombs. So it was a great week at the ballpark. Um, unfortunate that we dropped the last two on Sunday, but, hey, I'll take a split with the Yankees. Um, I was thinking that we were getting uh, – you know, it's a series against like teams like the Astros and Yankees. We've been able to split both of those that we've had so far um, in the four game sets. And uh, I honestly was expecting more like a one and three. So um, I'm OK with it. Yeah, it was a fun series. Um, I actually had to work a shit ton this weekend, so I didn't even really get to catch the last two games. I have since seen the uh, the oh, I keep forgetting, the condensed games that YouTube does a great job of putting out on the MLB YouTube channel. But um, let's transition into a little bit of news. We had our first, I guess you could say, major call-up of the year happen. So, Johnny, why don't you give us a little news read, and then we'll get these uh, Northside 9 guys on. Yeah, absolutely, John. So, uh, Zach Collins, it is not confirmed yet, but very expected to be called up due to Wellington Castillo hitting the injured list with back tightness. He left uh, Sunday's game early. And then another just little news, uh, same uh, same avenue there. Yohan Mankata, he returned to the lineup Sunday, but then left early um, with a little bit of back uh, discomfort again. Uh, that is what had put him out originally for the beginning of that Yankees series. But Ricky Renteria did say he should be fine for Tuesday, so I feel like they're just being cautious with it. Um, hopefully he's okay and full go for this Crosstown series. All right. That being said, let's go ahead and let's get our guests on the Northside Nine podcast. Joined by Ron Luce, Justin Hunter, and James Jacobson. They are the hosts of the Northside Nine podcast from ONTAP Sportsnet. We all know who Ron is. Ron's been on Four Feathers. He's a co-host with Johnny and I. But uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of background on uh, how the Cubs have been doing, guys? Uh, yeah, my name's Justin Hunter. Um, I joined on with you guys for Northside Nine. I've uh, been a Cubs fan for really long time and about the cubs they've they've kind of sucked man they haven't been cut on the road all season and it really manifested itself with this west coast trip they went to uh, colorado pulled one game out of there after leading the first game and then they got rocked i think like 10 to 2 and then they followed that up in playing the dodgers where they had two 3-0 leads in the first two innings Blew both of those and barely scratched out one after a big two-run home run by Rizzo. So, I mean, other than that, the Cubs have not been doing good away from home. Got them right where we want them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. So, what, they're 15-21 and 21 on the road this year? Um, and my bad, my, my name's James Jacobson. I joined North Side 9 as well uh, as soon as Ron kick-started that. So, me and Hunter came in at the same time, but... Yeah, the Cubs have just not been doing good at, on the road at all. Um, you know, 15 and 21, and, and then this is a team who seems to be, you know, getting to pitchers early on, but they just can't seem to continue that trend throughout the game, and they eventually get stifled throughout. And then, of course, you know, the bullpen issues come in to hurt us later on the game. But, 
you know, it's, it's just they're in a little uh, rough patch right now, but hopefully they can get out of it here with this upcoming series. As you guys know, and we're facing, you know, your uh, your diehard team, the, the, uh, the White Sox. Yeah, and it certainly doesn't help that our team doesn't know how to hit with runners in scoring position. Uh, the friendly, familiar voice, uh, Ron Luce here. Yeah, I, guys, I don't know what the hell's going on. I, the Cubs just don't know how to hit with runners in scoring position. I think they're like 224 right now, batting average, runners in scoring position. I mean, you know, it's nice when you got the long ball going and you got guys like Baez pimping home runs and Rizzo pimping home runs. But, you know, when you get guys on – what was it yesterday, Justin? You know, and James, we were talking about it during it the was, game. What was it second and third with one out? Second and they third, score anybody? one out. Caratini, they pinch hit Caratini. Little Joe back to the mound. Amora with the worst lead I've ever seen from third base. And just easily got thrown out. And then Baez hit a ball that Verdugo caught with a 30% catch probability. So that's just, just the way it's been for the Cubs so far. I love drinking these tub fan tears right now. I really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one, one thing guys really quick i was watching a bit i believe that was saturday night when you guys were at la though and i think uh, our guy patrick comiskey uh on tap sportsnet uh socks and among other things uh blogger there but he had mentioned you know you can't count the cubs out so you talk about you know having this rough stretch and yes it was definitely rough stretch for you guys out uh, on that west coast swing there um but watching that saturday night game you can't count the cubs out um when they have that power ron said you know about the long ball um Rizzo comes up in ninth inning, uh, clutch to run home run there. Um, I mean, it it just seems like you know it may just be us being a little uh, salty about it, but it does yeah, seem it like blew they, my parlay straight into the fucking moon. I was pissed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, you got you got plenty of bats that can do that though. In Rizzo, in Contreras, in Baez, uh, you know, it it, uh, it just seems like there's always that uh, punch factor. And uh, you guys may have a good chance to show that off on uh, Tuesday night, uh, the opening night of the series, when you got Ivan Nova going for the White Sox. So, never been so excited for Nova to be on the mound ever in all my life. Yeah, oh. man, they, they better get all their runs there because they got Giolito the next day. But I mean, yeah, I mean this Cubs lineup—they got five guys who can legitimately hit thirty-plus homers. You know, it's just it's the situational hitting that has really killed this team the past couple of years, and. I don't want to say killed, you know, relative. I mean, they've been a playoff team, but it's what separated them from building the dynasty we all thought was coming. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, home runs are nice, but you got to you got to at least get one and run in in those situations. And I feel like every time there's a guy on third with less than one out or less than two outs, it seems like that guy's getting stranded every single time. Am I crazy for that, Ron? Or- no, it really does feel like that. I mean. I I think it I think they said that right now in the major leagues the uh, average of runners in scoring positions like twenty seventh or something like that like that's that's not a recipe for a winning team like you know like we said you know there's guys that can hit for power but if you can't tr- simply drive in a guy who's you know at second or third with less than two outs you're not going to win fucking games and then, keep going because I'm just I'm just loving this I can see your big be smiling the corner of my skin right now because loving all of it. I get it. All right, wallow, <laughs> wallow in our sorrows. Right? Well, you know, here's here, here's the thing: is what are we normally talking about on Shy Socks Weekly or Socks on Tap or anything like that? It's situational hitting, getting runners in. How many runners did the Socks leave stranded? And it's just it's really refreshing to me as I crack this beer um, 
to listen to you guys bitch and moan about a team that's been to the playoffs countless number of years in a row about their situational hitting and getting runs across the plate. This is something that the Sox have failed to do for like 10 straight years. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see your guys' side of this because, you know, I thought we were the only team out there in the major leagues that could could not get runs across the plate when we've got runners on base. Um, so this is I'm, – I'm just eating this up. All right, so you, you talk about that. I, I just want to leave uh, one thing in here, though. So, um, you know, Tony talks about the position that these two teams are in. Um, us White Sox fans de- desperate for uh, competitor. Uh, Cubs fans getting it consistently over the past couple of years. Uh, you talk about a competitive division. Um, that is definitely the NL Central. Um, you know, so, some Cubs fans like to downplay the uh, the Cubs Sox series. Um, I mean, it's fan, it's fun for us fans uh, as a you know North Side South Side rivalry. Yeah, Cubs fans friends that you talk smack to, and vice versa for you Cubs guys to the White Sox fans. But uh, you guys are in a uh, these are going to be important ball games. You guys are one game back of Milwaukee right now, and I believe they are just getting underway in San Diego tonight. Um, you guys want to take as many as you can right now at this time, especially against a team that is two games under 500 here. Um, because you know, look what happened to you guys at the end of last season. Um, if you had won a couple more series, a couple more games early, uh, earlier on in the summer, that could have seemed like inconsequential, uh, meaningless games as some people like to call them. If you're Cubs fans that, uh, you know, don't think the Crosstown series, it just comes at a critical juncture is basically mm-hmm. what I'm saying here for you guys. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is kind of now in that point of the year where, uh, you know, these games are really all starting to matter and all these interleague games actually have some weight. Um, obviously the interleague schedule isn't what it used to be where it was really heavy in the June and July months. Um, you know, circa 10 years ago. But even now, I mean, you still get most of these interleague series coming up now in, in June and July. And, and these are the games you got to win, especially, you know, especially if you get an opportunity to play, you know, for example, let's just say any bad AL team, you know, somebody you can beat up on. You got to take those games. Uh, and actually, speaking of the the Brewers and Padres going, uh, the Padres are already up 2 nothing. So uh, that Machado's is got a home run and a double already. He's pissed about getting tossed yesterday. I love it. I like it. I'll, I'll let him be pissed because he's doing doing us a favor by beating the Brewers. So, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree. These are important games for the Cubs, and they're important games for you guys too. I mean, you guys are still in, absolutely in the thick of things right now in the, in the AL. So, um, I, I think this is the first time, and I think it's pretty safe to say, in what maybe I, this is I think, probably the first time I can think of, it, at least in the last maybe ten years, where it's actually been fairly important for both sides. It's not just a one-sided affair for these games. 2016, it seemed like it meant a whole of a lot to us when the first Crosstown series came around and Saladino hit that walk-off. And then by the next Crosstown series, because they split it. Like I mean, this year, it's not too far spread out. I think it's like two, maybe three weeks apart. But yeah, that weeks. was a year that we did it in May and then July. And I'm tired of the fucking two-game sets. Like, let's all be real here. They deserve to play six games against each other. That shit pisses me off. Absolutely. And Ron might have pissed me off a little bit by saying a weaker AL opponent <laughs> that they should beat up on. But you're good. No, I know it's all it's all fun. No, hey, and I wasn't even referring necessarily to the Sox. I'm talking about the rest of your guys' fucking division. That's like true, it, because series... when you play an interleague series, you end up playing 
You play all that the other whole division. Whole division. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was the beauty for, you know, a couple of years there with the AL Central. It's, you know, even if the Sox were good or like the Indians were good, more likely than not, the other four, three or four teams in the division were dog shit. You know, and those were games that you could, you know, beat up on. Those are those were games you should win. And especially, you know, I think back with the Cubs to, you know, 16, 17, 18. I mean, I, I think about that twin series when the twins came to town at the end of June last year, and it was like 14, 9, 15, 6. But, you know, the Cubs were able to get away with a series win, and those were big games for them. I mean, those are the type of games that, you know, they need to win. And, and even, you know, if they have the opportunity to play teams like the Toronto Blue Jays or, you know, teams like that who are struggling, the Baltimore Orioles, that's a team I'd love to see right now because the Cubs should win all three games against a team like Baltimore. So, um, you know, and just it's nice seeing different teams, too. I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing the NL Central because all of those teams just piss me the fuck off every time we play them. So. Yeah, you know, you talk about like the matchups, like, you know, your matchup against a divisional opponent and sure, like some like we had two against Washington, um, two on the road and then two at home. Um, but like we're going to see the Braves two more times than we see the Cubs this year. And I think that's a little bit ludicrous. Um, you know, I'd rather see those games uh, cross town series. I don't know about you guys. Um, so I think uh, I think it was Tony and John that brought that up. Like I I, uh, I wish that it was the the old school of, you know, at least three uh three games at each place so uh, they did it last year though yeah they did they only do it when the Sox are slated to play the nl central as their interleague play teams so that's you know but you you make a good point you're going to see the braves more why not just schedule these games because you know they're going to draw especially in chicago major league baseball should be aware of this and actually schedule these games because you know they're going to draw why do we want to see these two game sets against uh, you know, Washington, when you could, you know, obviously switch some stuff around and, you know, only see a two game set against the Cubs, make these three game sets, unbalance the schedule a little bit and make it play for the rivalries. That's my, that's my contention point to there. You don't have to, you don't have to balance it. Just make it, make it interesting for the fans. In my 100% honest opinion, I think it would make the most sense for them to do a four-game set and a three-game set and then alternate each year. So, like, one year you do the four games at guaranteed rate, you do the three at Wrigley, and then the next year you do the four at Wrigley and the three at guaranteed rate. Because what people want to see is they want to see a Crosstown Cup get brought home in a non-draw fashion because we saw the Sox brought the Cup home, like, I think it was four years straight, and three of those years they literally split the series. So yeah, that's true. Good point. Good yeah, point, that's John. Stupid as hell. So I don't know. They definitely could do a lot better, but I still get excited as fuck. Like I have work off tomorrow. That's how I plan on starting to drink fairly early. Like, and especially with the Von Nova start against, yeah, I'm pretty need, sure it's cold. Really so that's not, yeah, I'm in for a long start. night. Would you I was guys... say that sounded like that sounded like getting ready to cover up her wounds? Would you guys yeah. be in favor of the way they did it before interleague play started, where they had the exhibition games to determine that crosstown cup maybe you know how each team starts off the year with that exhibition game would you like to see an extra game between the Sox and the cubs even if it didn't mean anything in the standings if it was just for bragging rights would you guys be for that i mean yeah why not i mean i i don't see how we could it could really hurt you know i think you know a point you talked about earlier like anything that is up this rivalry because i don't know about you guys but it just seems like there's no intensity in that rivalry 
you know, like the fans, we get riled up, we talk shit, you know, we run our mouths, but it just seems like there's nothing on the field. And you know, maybe that can change with, you know, Tim Anderson. I'm sure if he gets a hold of one, he's going to let, let the Cubs know. But I hope so. You know, <laughs> I think they just need to play more, man. I mean, I think, you know, it, it'll never be anything like, you know, the Giants and the Dodgers because they play in the same division, but it can As be something. Right now. Yeah, it could be something close. You know, these could be two teams that legitimately hate each other other than it's just too, like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's like a gimmick almost, it feels like, unfortunately. And, you know, maybe that's just because it seems like whenever one team's good, the other one's not, and they just haven't lined up. But, I mean, just, I don't know, I, I just want something to kind of up this rivalry, and it'll be huge for baseball in general. Throw a, few, throw a game or two on ESPN. I mean, the Dodgers have been on ESPN, like, the last five nights, I feel like. Yeah, and when's the last time that, honestly, there was – I mean, we were talking just briefly earlier about it. I mean, this is – in my opinion, this is the first time since 2008 that this is actually an important series for both teams. I mean, that was the last year that both teams were competitive. And I remember the Crosstown that year. The Crosstown was electric that year. You know, like that. that's what you want the series to be, and that's when it's – good baseball and that's when it's not only good for the city of chicago but it's good just for baseball as a whole because you have two competitive teams in the same city and maybe you create a little bit of that you know animosity you create a, a tim anderson backflip or you create a, a javi bias pimp home run like something of that nature and all of a sudden now there's that little bit of intent intensity of that justin's saying that it, the series is lacking because I, I i think that's very true outside of the Fan, the Cubs, Cubs fans hate the Sox from just a on-field standpoint. There is no, oh, fuck you guys, because it's just like, eh, it's an interleague series. And it's just like, it, it kind of sucks almost because you want it to be more, you know, there to be more intensity and more passion and, and on the field, not just off the field between the fan bases. So, Johnny, I think this goes back to what you and I talked about. And you hear the Cubs fans, the Cubs guys talk about this as if this series doesn't matter. And you heard the comments from Dylan Covey earlier this week. I th I feel like it does matter to the White Sox. I feel like it does. And I think that some of this gets dismissed within the media and the Cubs fan base, especially just due to their success over the past 10 years, whereas the Sox have been basically the lesser opponent all these times. But if you remember, go back to last year, the Sox took that game that sent the Cubs to the wild card. I think these series actually do matter. Every game in the in, in that you play in, within your schedule matters. It's not just you know your division games that are important. It's every game. Every game could be the difference between your team making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. So in, in my opinion, even though maybe you don't see that electricity within the series, and maybe you don't see both teams being the best, but I remember a very, very fun night last September where we celebrated a victory as if it was our World Series win, because that game was the World Series for Sox fans when we beat the Cubs last year at the yeah. rate. So, yeah, and that was that was a September series, like you had mentioned. Um, if the Cubs take, because the Cubs ended up taking the Saturday and Sunday games of that series, if they were to have taken that Friday one against us, that big win that the Sox had, um, they probably would have set themselves up to not be in the wild card game. I know there were a couple other games too after that that they blew at Wrigley too in that last mm -hmm. uh, week stretch. But just any any point in time there, um, if you were to uh, add that win in, it may be a different outlook for the Cubs, and they're not in a wild card game. They're not eliminated after, uh, you know, one and done. So, it, I think it matters. Uh, 
it'll be interesting. And just going to just touching on something that Justin had mentioned, I think this is a perfect time to ramp up that rivalry, play it up even more um, with the White Sox star, young stars emerging. Uh, the Cubs, obviously, with the plethora of talent, um, guys that are well known across the league. Um, Lucas Giolito finally getting his recognition on the White Sox side. Uh, Tim Anderson, obviously, making a bunch of headlines. I think it could be really, really fun. So that's just my take on it. Um, that I, I I think I feel like you guys are kind of in the same ballpark there. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And another storyline that we haven't really mentioned is Eloy's coming home, and you know the way he's been, the way he's been hitting, you know, it, it kind of worries me. It just feels like the way Quintana's been pitching recently, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. been like fine. I guess that Eloy's just going to come and hit three home runs in his two game set. It just so I don't here's know, my here's my question that I've been dying to ask you guys. Is how pissed off will you be watching Eli Jimenez go yard at Wrigley Field? Okay, all right. Here's here's my thing with it. I don't want Eloy or Dylan Cease to be bad. Like I I wouldn't wish that on players. I just want Quintana to be good. Damn it, the that trade. So I would be I would be pissed. I, I would be mad. It's like I want to Eloy do good because he seems like a really genuinely good dude. I just wish that Quintana had like a 3-2 ERA and we wouldn't even be talking about this trade being completely one-sided it looks like at this point especially if Cease comes up and is who everyone thinks he's supposed to be yeah if Cease can be half the pitcher that he's projected to be it's it's still going to be a, a, a one trade for the White Sox because Quintana's been a very average pitcher for the Cubs and he's had his moments of brilliance just as he did when he was on the south side you know, he has those moments where he looks like he can be an ace pitcher. And all of a sudden, then, you know, he has two or three games in a row where he implodes on himself and he, you know, gets in his own head or whatever the fuck it is. And it's just, it is frustrating. And especially, I think as Cubs fans, I think what even makes it more frustrating about this trade is because the Cubs have not produced a homegrown pitching talent in as long as I can remember. You know, even Hendricks wasn't technically homegrown. He was grown in the Texas Rangers system, and the Cubs just traded for him when he was getting close to ready to come up to the big leagues. I mean, Dylan Cease was projected to be the first guy to actually be that for the Cubs, to be drafted by the team, developed in the system, and finally come up and hopefully be a part of the rotation for years and years. Instead, he's going to be pitching on the other side of town, probably doing really fucking well. And the Cubs are going to be sitting here scrambling again for pitchers because we got a bunch of old fucking arms now in our rotation who in two years are going to need to be replaced because either money or just their arm starts to fall off because they're in their mid thirties and, you know, upper thirties. And, you know, you're going to have what, what is these 23, 24 at the oldest and, and, you know, and he's going to be a good young pitcher. And that's really frustrating for Cubs fans because, we don't have any good young pitchers, and we haven't had any good young pitchers in a really long time. So the most interesting development on Shy Sox Weekly, episode 41, it is Ron Luce has dropped more F-bombs than Shy Sox. And we have so all far. season. Yeah. <laughs> he got the memo, though. I mean, I like it. Take the filter off. You know, it's Crosstown. Let's get a little Crosstown wasted, and let's talk shit about the opposing teams. Why not? Well, it, 
I don't know if I don't know if Ron's talking shit so much about the opposing team as he's wallowing in the Eli trade, which is another thing that I'm just drinking right now. Yeah, they've been talking more shit about their own team. Yeah, I mean we could we could literally just have them host Shy Sox Weekly, and it would be I Cubs mean, trash talk at this point in time. I didn't know you guys were so down on your team. It, it's it's really it's really interesting. <laughs> it's I think it's the timing too, though. Yeah, I mean, they had a bad stretch. Yeah, it was, it was a really, really bad, bad week. Stretch. It was a really bad week because, you know, Justin said they really should have taken three games against the Dodgers. They were up in those first two games. They were up, I think, 3-2 and 3-0 respectively. And then they shat the bed late in the game and they let up, you know, five and seven runs and they lose. You know, and and literally if it's not for a two-run bomb by Rizzo in the ninth inning in that third game, they get four games swept against the Dodgers in L.A. And it's just, it's not a good look, man. Yeah, for sure. I think it's more of like the expectations of this team at this point. You know, after 16 and having this pretty much the same young core position players, you expect more at this point. And the amount of money the Cubs bring in, Theo Epstein, and, you know, Theo's been good, but he's also made some moves that have really hurt this team in the long run. And I think the frustration is the Cubs are a good team right now. They're one of the top, I think, three teams in the NL. But are they a okay. World Series caliber team? That's what, at the end of the day, that's what this team is supposed to be. And you go play a team like the Dodgers, and you know you get swept because you can't hold the lead. And that's the kind of team you're going to have to get by if you want to if you want to reach its ultimate goal. If the Cubs lost in the NLCS, I'm pissed. They they failed. They they need to win one more with this core in my eyes to, you know, make this somewhat of a success. You know, maybe. Maybe we're wishing for too much, but you know when you win the World Series and these guys are all very young, you expect to shit at least get there another time before all their deals are up in two years. Yeah, how you, and just how are you guys going to feel on Thursday after you get swept again? I, uh, <laughs> come on, we'll, we'll, we'll on talk now. about that when that, when we get to that point. But I mean, here's another thing too to consider, and and this is something that I think we can tie in for you guys because. You know, Justin and I kind of touched, you know, Justin James and I, we all touched on this kind of in 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 our intro was, you know, this White Sox team is going through what the Cubs went through. This is the exact same scenario. You build up through the farm system. You make really good trades. You more or less have to fleece teams for for some of your decent assets. So think the Quintana trade. I, I mean, shit, I'm still sitting here thinking about the Ryan Dempster trade. That's what landed Kyle Hendricks. Um, you know, the, I don't even remember what they sent to Oakland to get Addison Russell at the time. You know, I mean, there was, there was Samarja, all these, right? Wasn't he a part of that? That was a Samarja trade. That yeah. was a Samarja trade. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then you look at like the Baltimore trade that yielded them at the time, Arietta and Strope, which whew, to the, till this day might be the best trade that Theo Epstein's ever made. But, Feldman. The Feldman trade? That was the Feldman trade, yeah. Feldman and Clevenger. I don't even think Clevenger played a game for the Orioles. But, you know, they're right now, you know, the Sox are going through that. They're they're building up with guys like Kopech. They're building up with guys like Cease. They're building up with and now you're starting to see these guys come to the big leagues. You have Eloy coming up. You have, you know, Tim's been in the show and establishing himself as a great player. Yoan's up and establishing himself as an everyday player. It's kind of in that same scenario where now those expectations are beginning to be built. And think, let's say, three years down the road from now, let's say 85% of the the White Sox prospects at least become big leaguers. They contribute on the roster. Maybe they're not superstars, but they're contributing on the roster. 
aren't you guys going to have expectations too to win? And that's kind of where Cubs fans are. Is like Justin said, this is the same young core that won the World Series. What is are there this team? Not many. You know, sure, yeah, Miguel Montero's gone and David Ross retired, but Wilson Contreras is still here. Anthony Rizzo is still here. Chris Bryant's still here. Javi Baez is still here. Russell's still here. Schwarber's still here. I can go on and on and on. Probably seventy percent of this roster is still the same. You know who you're really missing? Who are we really missing? Jorge Soler. Oh no. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we just see it nineteen times a year in Kansas City now. I do not miss Jorge Soler. And Starlin, <laughs> you're missing Starlin Castro too, man. Two thirty with one hamstring. With one hamstring. <laughs> did they, did they, here's hurt. my here's my next question for so you guys. Did the did, did the Glabar Torres trade really screw you guys? No. Yeah, no, because you got, got Chapman, man. At the end of the day, the World but Series Chapman trumps, almost screwed you out of the World Series hit. at one point, didn't he? They're not I mean, getting there without him, though. Almost, yeah, almost true. only works with horseshoes, hand grenades, and hand bombs. My guy, we still got that 2016 ring. That's all that yeah, matters. Okay, okay, so here you, you just and, made and plane drums. You just made two different points here, Ron. And one is the, one of the things that I've said before on this podcast is that flags fly forever, and Damn right. you got to be happy with the fact that you guys took home a championship. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting, the 108 ran a poll about what do you consider a success in this rebuild? And the Cubs went through it, too. They went through a rebuild. They mm-hmm. made it to the World Series. You guys have been a consistent playoff team over the course of once your, once your prospects made it up to the big leagues. You've mm-hmm. made it in there. You've given yourself a chance. And I've heard Theo say this over and over again. The goal isn't to just win it one time. The goal is to make, give yourself a consistent chance to get into the playoffs because then anything can happen. So th- with that in mind, wouldn't you consider what you've been through so far already a success? Or are you guys not considering, and I heard Justin say this, he doesn't consider it a success unless you guys win multiple championships. Well, I think the – go ahead, Justin. Oh, well, I think it's just kind of the way this championship team was conducted. Now, I'm not going to, like, that championship was one of the happiest days of my life. Crying, you know, it, it meant so much, but I, it's just natural that you want more. You know, I don't know like how you guys toaster bath felt. that day. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel after, you know, the 05 World Series, but, you know, once you get a taste of that and, you know, you see that you have the chance to win more. I think, like I said earlier, it's just the core that was there. And you're like, all right, these guys are just going to get better. We're going to have maybe three MVP candidates at some point. And it's almost seemed like it's not as good. But, you know, I've said multiple times, this right now is the golden era of Cubs baseball. So if they don't win one, I'm not going to feel terrible. But, you know, you expect to win more, I guess. So it still would be a failure in my eyes. But winning that one World Series, regardless of what happens here, will still be one of the best days of my life. And I'll always be thankful for what happened at that point. It's all about me, competitive windows in today's game. I think that that kind of uh, is the point that you're trying to drive across. And, you know, we've seen it with the Blackhawks. Uh, they capitalize on their window. That's exactly um, where I was I'm going with that. Take words out of your mouth, Ron, but I, I yep. definitely agree. I, I can see both sides of it. Obviously, yeah. you're going to cherish the World Series forever, um, but you don't want to just be lightning in a bottle. And they have the core that it's not that. So um, right. the, that's just the vibe that I get from looking at uh, the Cubs team. Here's, and here's the, was, well, he's already cut you off again, Ron, but no, you're six guys, you know, one mic. You, uh, yeah, six guys, one <laughs> mic. It's a little, it's a little bit difficult in here. Um, you know, I, I don't even think we're happy with the three championships for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we talk about this on Four Feathers. We want more. We want more. So it's easy once you taste that success to want it over and over again. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really hard to get across that finish line in any sport. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. And that's where I, that's kind of where I was going with my example was, you know, the Hawks win that first, that first cup in 2010 and everybody's pumped and it's okay. These guys are coming back because they had that core. And that's, that's kind of that idea that Cubs fans are is it wasn't just, they had the core. It's not like Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, all these guys were 30 years old when they finally won it. They're all in their early to mid twenties. When they won that world series, I think Rizzo was the oldest part of that core. And he was like 26. Like the whole core was so young and you knew they'd be together for a long time. And that was the part of it. That was okay. This is again, what Justin said, this is the golden era of Cubs baseball. This is the chance for them to take advantage of this young core and having these guys all together under very reasonable contracts to go take that and, and get at least another one. You know, you again, you look at what happened with the Blackhawks. They had Taves, they had Kane, they had Keith, they had Seabrook. They had this whole core, and they went on and won three championships. And again, now that we're kind of sitting in this, you know, kind of limbo period right now with Blackhawks hockey – it's it's really easy now to kind of think back and go, wow, what an era that was. Like, we just lost John. I appreciate it more. No, wait, did you? I'm here. No, I'm talking with all this Blackhawks talk. Oh, oh you did lose me. No, not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna butt in and you be did. like, what the fuck are you talking about hockey again? He did look very disinterested. So that. Well, no, I, honestly, uh, I'm watching Monday Night Baseball too, and Kenta Maeda just took a shot to his arm by Evan Longoria. So I was like, kind of looking at the slow mo of that real quick. But I mean, I'm still locked in. So here, here's a, a little hot. Here's a real hot question for you guys: How pissed are you to see John Jay in the depths of the minor league system of the White Sox? I know that was your guy. <laughs> so you know, just good. John Jay was kind of the man for the Cubs, man. I mean, he, he, was, a nice he, was, he was kind of what the Cubs needed. They needed a veteran bat, and, you know, he was spraying singles all over the place, played fine defense. I can't remember if he was hurt very much, Ron. Do you, do you remember? So uh, he, was, he was pretty healthy when he was with the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, he, he played pretty significantly, actually. He, he played a lot of, uh, you know, he really – He was lead uh, for a while. Yeah. yeah. Especially with he the way was, the offense was that year. Was that 17? I think that was 17 when they were oh, just early in the year. They were dog, just dog shit. I think, I think when you're talking about John Jay there, he was a great value replacement for Dexter Fowler because Fowler was your yeah, catalyst in 2016. Sure. Uh, that's that's why I look at John Jay there. And that's why yeah. I was a little excited. Um, I mean, not over the moon about it, but it was an upgrade over what we had. Um, Adam Angle wise, uh, just some of these but other kind of quadruple A. Gold glove type outfit. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to keep. We, we don't need to go into that. I'm just saying. We'll definitely <laughs> give you. We'll give you Adam Angle for something. I'm sure we can work out a deal. Well, we picked up Cargo, so I mean, I guess we can just swap them out. You guys to say you want Carlos Gonzalez? I wanted him on the Sox in like 2012. How do we sign? <laughs> I think we all did. I think we all wanted him out of Colorado like five years ago. 2013. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, John Jay, but John Jay was a nice player. I mean, he was kind of that, uh, to, to Justin's point, he was that leadoff guy, kind of that, he was the the tweener between Fowler being, you know, what Fowler was to the Cubs, obviously, in that championship run, and then kind of Albert Almora taking over the reins now as the prototypical center fielder. And I say that with quotations because, uh, for whatever reason, ever since Cargo came, they really love playing him in right field and then playing Jay Hay in center. And 
Alberto Mora is a gold glove caliber center fielder, and he's my he was my preseason hot pick to win a gold glove this year. But he's not going to play enough because Joe decides to try out cargo instead of double A. But I digress, and that's a whole another conversation for another time. But yeah, I mean, John Jay, that was as soon as that signing honestly happened. Um, I kind of I remember at least thinking to myself, they're just like, ah, like that's actually kind of a nice signing. That was. It's kind of one of those signings that the Sox could use because, at worst, he produces well for you and he helps you guys go on a bit of a run and, and try and make the playoffs. And, you know, if things don't go well record-wise, he becomes a piece you can deal at the deadline to a team that is competing and maybe get a prospect back. So yeah, kind of like a Michael Brantley. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Gonda. I know you wanted him. One of my, like, five blogs, man. It was a good blog. He would have been great for us. Yeah. <laughs> One of your five blogs. <laughs> Tony loves it. All right. Well, let's kind of get a little bit of a preview um, upcoming to the series. We've talked plenty, you know, Cubs' current state of their season and the Sox' current state of their season. You know, all our listeners are basically up to date on that. Um, like I had mentioned a little bit earlier, it's the Crosstown Classic starts tomorrow. Well, probably today for when this episode gets released. But um, we got Ivan Nova, who has been very inconsistent, but he has had a couple of good starts this year for the Sox, mostly away ball games that he does start well. So we'll see how that goes. And then we got who your guys, I mean, I don't follow the Cubs like that. I know Hendricks is having a hell of a season, but Cole Hamels is also having a hell of a season. So I would say at least, if not your ace, one of your top two pitchers that we have to face. So it would probably be more in our favor if it was Lester Nova and um, Hamels Giolito. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about tomorrow slash today's game. Um, let's get a little bit of a prediction out of the North side nine guys, you know, maybe, maybe not show too much bias, but I do understand you do have Hamels going. Um, I'm not really sure what you guys have going on injury wise either. So if you guys want to fill us in a little bit on that, if anybody like any key players are hurt, I have probably watched the total <clears throat> innings of Cubs baseball this year. I mean, yeah, man, uh, tomorrow's going to be a tough one uh, for you guys, just because of the way Hamels has been pitching. I think he hasn't let up an earned run in his last 23 innings pitch, something crazy oh, like that. Oh, that's encouraging. I mean, it's all it's all just working for him right now. His fastball is sitting 93, 94. Uh, he's got the good curve and the change. He's moving that cutter in and out. I mean, he's just been – like watching him pitch has been beautiful lately. You know, he had a little stretch where he was walking a lot of guys, but now he's kind of – he hasn't – I think he's walked like three guys in his past four starts, so – yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough one. I think I've seen Nova pitch twice this year. I think once he pitched well, he had the sinker going really well. And then the other time, I think he let up like seven runs or something like that. So I don't know how he's looked from your guys' standpoint uh, as of late, but I haven't been able to watch him too much. As yeah, shitty just, as it is to say, he's looked like our number two. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I mean, man. just to, just true. to kind of add on to what Justin said, I mean – one big factor, I think, for for White Sox fans that you guys have to consider for tomorrow is it's going to be very cool in the city of Chicago. And typically when it's cool in the city of Chicago, the wind blows in at Wrigley, not out. So, you know, if the wind's blowing in tomorrow night, that could bode well for Nova because then he can't give up the long ball to a team that, as we discussed earlier, really depends on the long ball right now to score, you know, runs. 
on the flip side of that, if the wind's blowing out and howling out like it could be, uh, that could potentially spell disaster um, for Nova because, to, to Justin's point, Hamels has been nearly unhittable um, in his last you know, three three plus outings now. Um, one, I think really the most major injury, just kind of to your question, John, was uh, Hendricks. Um, arguably the Cubs' best pitcher right now is on the 10-day IL. And I, I still hate saying IL. It sounds weird. The DL. No, we still call it the DL. You're good. Okay. That just, it feels weird saying it. But, it, it, you know, he he had some shoulder inflammation after that Dodgers start where he was really the first time in probably seven, eight starts that he actually didn't look good. Um, he only went, I think, four and a third, and he gave up at least four and runs. And, you know, then he landed on the 10-day 10 10-day 10 DL. So, I mean, that's a big injury, especially right now. The Cubs are, are kind of going through this debate of who's going to pitch in his spot. Uh, a lot of people think it could be Montgomery. A lot of people think Chatwood could get a spot start. A lot of people think that, um, you know, top pitching prospect right now, um, or one of the top pitching prospects, at least in the system, Albert Elzele. El- uh, could even potentially get his first look at big league action in, in kind of a spot start scenario. So um, I would say that's probably the largest injury right now to the Cubs. Otherwise, it, they're they're pretty much a full blown roster right now. Everybody's at least playing and and healthy. So yeah, that it definitely bodes it bodes well for the Cubs. I think just from a pitching matchup standpoint, uh, at least on paper, obviously anything can happen once the game starts, but. Uh, yeah, Hamels has been untouchable, and to, to confirm Justin to this, his last twenty three innings, he hasn't given up an earned run. So yeah. I want to flip it. I want to flip it back to the south side uh, real quick, just since we were on that little injury update. We had given it to our listeners right before we had you guys call in. Um, Wellington Castillo, White Sox catcher, has gone on the injured list due to back uh, stiffness. So uh, you guys may see a White Sox uh, pretty uh, highly anticipated prospect. Catcher Zach Collins uh, mm-hmm. possibly making his debut at Wrigley. Uh, that is the speculation that he will be called up. So um, he is a big uh, power guy. Uh, he takes a lot of walks, um, which is kind of interesting for his type of skill set. But um, those are his strengths. So I don't know if we'll see him behind the plate at all. Um, but it, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, I don't know if they're going to trot out McCann both games. So uh, that was just one thing I wanted to fill you guys in on. So uh, be on the lookout yeah. for that. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing for him, make your debut at Wrigley Field. Um, that would be pretty cool on his side. Um, if we're talking White Sox, Ivan Nova, um, inconsistent. I think uh, John said that it was uh, it's the best way to describe it. It'll have a solid start. I think he uh, shut down the Yankees pretty much at a time or like when we were back in uh, New York and looked great, like Justin mentioned. When the sinkers go in, um, it, it it can be good, and he looks like our second best starter at times. And then other times we get roughed up and uh, give up nine hits, seven earned runs through like you know four and a third. So um, it's going to depend, I think, a lot what Ron said on the wind um, when we're talking from White Sox pitching standpoint uh, lately. Um, so I, I I would probably have to give the nod to the Cubs this uh, game just because of the. Uh, um, pitching matchup on paper, but um, let's get your guys' predictions real quick for the first game, and then we'll move into the second game. Um, I think the Cubs are gonna. I, I'm gonna say they're gonna split right now. I, you know, I'd really, I really want them to sweep, but the way Giolito's been pitching, I mean, Lester hasn't looked so good the last few times out. I don't know if you agree, Ron, but I think he's had the one good start against Angels B team roster. 
And <laughs> other than that, he's been getting hit hard. So, and the way G. Leo's pitching, I know you guys will definitely brag about him later, and I want to hear it because, I mean, he's looked like, I think he's definitely a top three pitcher in baseball right now. 100%. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I think right now if we're if we're just talking predictions for the first game, I think the Cubbies take the first game. I think Hamels is going to come out and look like he's looked his last three outings. Um, I, again, and to your point, you know, Nova's just too inconsistent right now to, I'd say, feel confident as either a Sox fan or as an opponent to say that he's going to come out and pitch well enough for them to win. Um, the win definitely plays a factor. I think if the wind's blowing out, it's a high-scoring affair potentially. If, if Hamels gets dinged up a little bit, if it's the wind blowing in, it's going to be like a 2 nothing game because nothing's getting out of that ballpark tomorrow. Um, yeah, and if, if we're looking ahead, I agree. Um, you know, just a couple little stats here on Lester. In his last six outings, uh, he's only gone six innings twice, and he's given up respectively five, four, seven, one, four, and six earned runs in his last six starts. So um especially against a ten win ten and one pitcher with a two twenty two ERA in Gilito. Uh that'll I think bode well for the Southsiders then on Wednesday. Tony. Um you know the key to tomorrow's game is gonna be how long Nova is in. If he can get through the first two times around the Cubs batting order and we see the bullpen A squad that uh, Johnny Nani has uh, debuted on Socks on Tap. Uh, we, we have a bullpen A squad and bullpen B squad. The bullpen A squad's pretty well rested. We haven't seen uh, Marshall, Bomber, Herrera, Calame throw too many innings against the Yankees, especially over the last two days. I know Calame just got caught in uh, on Sunday to throw a little bit of a maintenance game. Uh, for him, he didn't really see any action in that Yankee series, no save situations. If Nova can go four, five innings and not really get through that third time through the order because that's where he seems to struggle, Sox are in a good spot because they can trot those guys out there. They're on a few days rest. Um, they haven't thrown too many innings. I think the Sox can pull this one out if that's the case. What you don't want to see is Nova get touched up early. If he's with, you know, if he's given up enough runs within the first few innings, count the Sox team out of the ball game. Um, you know, going into the Giolito start, I think the Sox take that game hands down. Um, I'm predicting a split here, but there's a chance that the Sox take both of these games, especially if you see that bullpen A squad come out and shut that Cubs lineup down. It relies on the long ball, and if Ron's uh, predictions there about the wind blowing in, uh, this could spell trouble for that Cubs lineup. I think the Sox have a good chance here. I'm going to toss it over to Janda. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to throw like a little bit of a hot take. You know, you guys had mentioned that the Cubs are coming back from Los Angeles. Um, and the Sox, you know, they've been home for the last week or so. They haven't really done much traveling. Um, not always, but sometimes in baseball, you know, teams start a little bit rusty when I don't know if, if they were on the road much before that Dodgers trip, you know, it wouldn't make much sense if they just kind of went to the Dodgers for a three game set to come right back home. So you guys can fill in there if you want to, but you know, I honestly think that the Cubs, you know, like you guys had said, they start hot. I don't really think that they're going to start too hot tomorrow, especially if, like, you know, Ron had said, it is supposed to be a chilly-ass day. I haven't had to turn my air conditioning out of my apartment in, like, four days. It's fucking beautiful. So, you know, if the weather cooperates, 
um, stays chilly. And, you know, Nova, he pitches better on the road, like I had said. You know, I really see the Sox being able to win tomorrow's game. That being said, I don't think they're going to win tomorrow's game. Kind of like Tony had said, you know, they definitely have hope to definitely at least pull one of two of these games. But I can see them winning both games. Not easily, but... The Sox started this gauntlet of games where they had a two-game set against the Nationals. You know, they had uh, four at home against the Yankees, which they had split. And then we got this two-game set against the Cubs. And they can't look too far ahead because, you know, we're in Texas playing a hot Rangers ball club this weekend. We, uh, I think we'd go into Boston. I, that would make more sense because I think Boston already visited us. So we go to Boston, and then we have to go – or no, I think we're home. And then we're home against the Twins. So we have a lot of tough games coming up. So the Sox can't be complacent, and they definitely can't let tomorrow slip away, and especially if they're in a chance to win tomorrow's game. They need to be able to capitalize on it. So like both uh, the Shy Sox Weekly guys had said, we do have a very well-rested bullpen. Um, we've kind of been trotting out shit <laughs> the last couple of games from what it seemed like. You know, Kyle pitched like an inning on Sunday the most pointless inning of all time. Um, Bummer pitched a little here and there, but, you know, we haven't seen Sean Marshall in a while, so we know he's rested. So Evan. if Nova gets them, Sean, yeah, why did I say Sean Marshall? That's a Cubs guy. Evan Marshall. See, we're talking about the Cubs. It's, yeah, it's making me think about the Cubs. So, I mean, if we're here and Nova, we can get at least six strong innings out of Nova and he could stay f- away from the long ball, you know, the Sox could definitely pull tomorrow's game. So I, I wanted to throw in one thing, just a little bit of a counterpoint. Um, I, I think we are going to go with a split here, um, and it, it'll probably be the standard one. Um, hate to have the cookie cutter, same response um, as you know everyone, but just looking at it, you know, Lucas Gilo has been lights out, so I can see the White Sox taking Wednesday's game. Uh, John, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Cubs do come out hot tomorrow. Um, it is Ivan Nova. The Cubs are just ridiculous at home, 24 and 11. Um, I feel like they're going to be back in their comfort zone. They had a day off um, today. So uh, that that's just the way I see it shaping up. And just the amount of dangerous hitters in the lineup um, that Ivan Nova is going to have to face. I feel like at least one of them uh, will get to him. And if he has a walk before that, then boom, you could already be down two. You could be down three, depending on how many are on. So uh, that is just what's leaving me a little uneasy uh, just with the potency throughout the lineup for the Cubs. So that would be my prediction. Um, do we want to get into a little bit more of Wednesday's game? I know you guys said we were going to have our moment to uh, talk Giolito here. Um, uh, let's get into it. Uh, Tony, uh, let's get the rundown on Lucas Giolito and his unbelievable run so far this season. Well, first off, you can't go to me because I'm not allowed to talk about Lucas Giolito. That's, that's why I that's, went to you. That's first off. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I'm not allowed to like this guy at all. There's, there's no talking about Lucas Giolito for me and how dominant he's been this year. Um, you know, I just, I don't want to make anybody mad, but I, I really like the way Lucas Giolito is thrown. I think it was the first episode of Shy Sacks Weekly. I said, Lucas Giolito looks like an ace. He finally looks like an ace. I mean, it took a little bit of time, but he's finally there. Um, you know, if, if I'm a big better guy, I'm putting money on the socks on Wednesday. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much money Jonda puts down on Wednesday. I'm really curious. Because I mean, this is this is just a wonderful betting opportunity, um, I think for for a big better guy, and I'm really curious to see what his take is. I mean, Lucas Giolito, guys, 
how funny would it be to see Lucas Giolito continue on this pace and get that AL Cy Young before Chris Sale has ever gotten a Cy Young? Hot take coming from Shy Sox MKZ here, but it's definitely possible. Oh, it, dude, it, and you know what the thing is? At first, like during when he started this run, you're like, okay, he's going to cool off. He's going to cool off. And I do think there is maybe a little bit of regression, but just the way that he's fixed his mechanics in general, man, he's got it locked down in the fastball changeup combo coming from that six, seven frame. He hides the ball better now. So he's got the short arm swing, throwing it more from behind his ear as opposed to way out to, off to his side. Uh, he's shielding it from hitters more. Dude, I can see it. And right as of right now, if if it uh, first half of the season were to end today, I think Lucas Giolito has to be the AL starter for the All-Star game. No, 100%. You guys are not wrong. And, you know, you guys are aware of the Giolito struggles on the north side nine. You know, here's the guy who had the highest ERA in the entire MLB last year, who is just lights out dominating. You know, he tweaked his uh, his motion a little bit. He used to straighten his arm all the way out, and now he kind of chicken wings it. So it's a little bit of a deceiving look to hitters. So a lot of hitters struggle picking up his release point. And, you know, if you can continue that dominance – for the stretch of dominance that he's had, he, like you guys had said earlier, he's 10-1. and one. His ERA is down to 222 right now. You know, here's a guy who did – he topped out at 10 wins last year. And th- he was even lucky to even reach that number. So um, I would love to see Lucas Giolito shove against the Cubs and for us to be able to pull a victory off. You know, it would suck for that – I would much rather see 11 and one with the W against the Cubs than 10 and two with a loss against the Cubs. So that's all I'm really going to say on that. I do expect, like you guys had said, Zach Collins may not see action against the Cubs because James McCann has been pretty hot. He's definitely one of the hottest hitters in the MLB past the seventh inning. I just saw a stat the other day. He's hitting like almost 400 inning seven and beyond. So, I don't expect Collins to get too much tick, but a flaming hot take from Shy Sox Janda is if Zach Collins does get a game against the Cubs, I honestly, it would be awesome to see him put a ball on Sheffield. That would be incredible. Ooh, you better hope that wind's blowing out if he's putting yeah, a ball that'd all the be way a bomb Sheffield. on Sheffield. That's like that'd 450. A, at least. Yeah. That'd be a, well, he's a lefty, so he can't really put it on Waveland. His spray, his spray chart doesn't really show too many bombs to right. So. Hey, that's fair. Or, yeah, that's understandable. No, I think I think we're all pretty. I mean, yeah, we're all in agreement here. I think I think it's pretty safe to say the Sox probably take Wednesday's game. I think it would take a full blown Giolito implosion uh, in order for the Cubs to come out on top. Um, he's been incredible. I'm, I'm not going to downplay it. You know, call a spade a spade. He's he's been the best pitcher in the AL this year. I don't think there's a pitcher that I can think of off the top of my head that's come anywhere close to being as good. I maybe couple of the names that even can be in the even same echelon right now, or maybe a Domingo German from the Yankees. Um, and really outside of that, I can't even think of anybody else. Odorizzi and that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Odorizzi's had a nice year for the twins and stuff, but that's really it. I mean, a lot of the really Verlander maybe, but yeah, he I got mean, roughed up his last go around though. Well, not even roughed up. He had 14 strikeouts, yeah. but he gave up three fucking home runs. Did you see that? That was nuts. Yeah, he, he's. I mean, the, we're, when we're talking about Giolito being in that echelon, though, he's finally. Oh, 100. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely up there. And I mean, uh, admittedly, I I ended up lucking out. So I went 
to a game with um, my buddy's younger brother. They're all Sox fans, so we all went to the game the one night. Um, it was uh, Tuesday night, probably almost three weeks ago now. Uh, Giolito pitched. I think he went seven and two-thirds or seven, maybe just seven flat and got the win. Uh, and then I ended up somehow ending up back at the Southside Ballpark that Sunday when he pitched again and he got another win. So was, you know, I've gotten to see him live twice this year. And to be completely frank, I don't remember ever getting to witness games like that. I, I don't even think Sale was that dominant when he was with the Sox at times. I mean, he's Giolito's been virtually untouchable right now. <laughs> Wait, so Ron, I got a quick question for you. How many Sox yeah. games have you been to this year? Because we, we went to a Sox game together. We have. I've been to a lot of Sox games because I live on the South Side, but I'm a Cubs fan, and it's $7 to go to the South Side ballpark versus at least, you know, 40 or 50 for me to go to the North Side. So uh, I've, seen, I've seen Ron out at the South Side ballpark in full Sox garb. Really? Yeah. Is there yeah, a picture of this? Nope, I, no we picture. We have it. I think no pictures. I, I need to see it, Ron. I need to see if it's true. Ron's no like, stop talking, guys. <laughs> there are no pictures. I'm not worried about it. That's all he said. Honestly, though, back to Giolito, I think, like, he, I've, up, like been able, <laughs> I've been able to watch him, and when that fastball is at 97, 98, and he's got one of the nastiest changes I've ever seen, man, I, I just kind of makes me wish I, wish I wish the Cubs had a guy like that. Like, their best pitcher is... With stuff wise, it's probably you. But other than that, they got a lot of soft test, soft slinging old dudes, and then Kyle Hendricks. So yeah, I mean he's sick. I do think the Cubs. I mean, Lester's kind of had these stretches his past three years where he's looked really old, and then he goes on a seven of at least you know seven quality starts in a row. So I think if Lester's cutter is on, and maybe the wind's blowing in, on you know was that would that be Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday night. the wind's blowing in Wednesday. I mean, I could see them I'm dueling. I think it'll be a low-scoring game regardless, unless, you know, Lester just implodes. But, I, you know, I, I think he'll have a comeback game. Coming back to Wrigley, you know he's furious after his last few starts. So it'll be a mm-hmm. good game, though. I'm excited to watch that uh, pitching matchup, to be honest. Yeah, and it's actually supposed to rain on Wednesday, too, so that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I saw someone uh, had posted earlier that they like are already predicting that that game's going to get moved to Thursday because both the teams are off, I believe. Even though the Sox have to play on Thursday. Oh, they do. Cubs host the Mets on Thursday. Yeah, I just checked. We'll tell the Mets to get the fuck out of town. We got a game to play. (laughs) Hey, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Hey, Johnny, (laughs) you, you call up Rob Manfred and let him know. Yeah, I mean the Mets will probably not even show up, anyways. So. Only Pete Alonzo will show up. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, he's been insane. <laughs> All right. Well, do you guys have anything else for the Northside Nine guys? I know we kind of we kind of basically covered it for the most part. I don't know if you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about. No, I think it's just going to be it, it'll be fun, you know, getting to see both of these teams being competitive. I mean, I again, you know, we've hit on it numerous times now. It's been a very one-sided affair, or both teams have been bad in you know the last ten years. I mean, I think back to you know 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Both teams were not very good. So this this series was really just about the fans being able to talk shit to each other. It wasn't about you know two high quality baseball teams playing on the baseball diamond. Sadly, uh, this is really the first year that we're going to be actually able to see that. You know, we're going to be able to see. Um, 
you know, some of these, you know, great young talents that the White Sox have coming up and, and it's going to be a, a time for the, the Cubs talent to further showcase themselves as well. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited for the whole series and I'm, you know, and something you guys mentioned as well, we don't have to wait two months for them to conclude the series. We're waiting maybe two weeks, you know, the, they play what the sixth and the seventh, I think right after the, the Fourth July, of July holiday. Weekend, yeah. yeah. So you know, we're we're going to be able to see a conclusion of this series here in just a couple weeks now. And, you know, ideally both of these teams are still going to be kind of in the same place in the standings, assuming neither one of them implodes or goes on some crazy run. So um, to further, you know, the points made earlier, these are, you know, four very important games for these teams. And, and the first two start at Wrigley, you know, tomorrow night or tonight when most people are probably listening to this episode. So, uh, I'm excited. I, I'm actually looking forward to tuning in and watching the games. I'm looking forward to tuning in and, and, and seeing what happens. Do we know what the announcers, um, the tandems are? Is it going to be flip-flopped again like it has historically been, where it's the Cubs guys for the Sox games and vice versa when they're, you know, like the away teams? Because uh, I'll, I'll admit, I really like listening to Jason Benetti, um, especially now that it's not fucking Hawk Harrelson. So. Hey, hey, you put he just on Hawks, yeah, man. That was Ron Luce. Luce. He's been booted from the call. He's been put on. <laughs> He's no longer allowed to talk. Ron, it does. To answer the question, though, it does look like there are two separate broadcasts. Um, oh, NBC okay. Chicago and WGN, both uh, TV broadcasts. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, it'd be. I think it would be a good mix. It would be fun to see Lester and Ben. Uh, uh, excuse what, the, what am I talking about? Len Casper and Jason Benetti in the booth together. I well, think that'd be a fantastic. Aren't they? I think they're actually, now that you mentioned that, I think they're doing that for when it's at the rate. I think it's going to be AJ Pruszynski and Len Casper in the booth, if I remember correctly. I like I that. I think you're right. I think you're right. I thought I saw that somewhere where they're they're going to have one of each in the booth. I kind of like that idea. You know, they I should would... put AJ Pruszynski and Barrett in the booth together. I think that would <laughs> yeah, be, that'd be amazing. There would be no talking. It would just be fist fighting. Um, no, I would honestly, I would love to see Len Casper and and Benetti in the booth together. I think that would be an entertaining broadcast, just because that's two well spoken, you know, smart guys that just talk in baseball. Um, I would actually enjoy the hell out of that broadcast and I, I honestly i like steve stone too so i don't mind you know if they were to do that idea kind of mesh the groups together maybe benetti and deshays do a broadcast together and, and casper and, and stone or something like that i think that's actually kind of a cool idea um and it'll actually be really unique to kind of hear you know Przinski on on the mic with with casper here in the coming weeks i remember you know during you know harold's you know hawks retirement tour when they had you know, Frank in the booth with them for a game. And I think Pauly Canerco did a game with them. And, you know, they have all these, you know, kind of the, the Sox legends of, of yesteryear uh, come in and do games with them. And I think it would be kind of cool to do that for the the Crosstown series going forward. You know, like maybe how, have. I know they always mash up the pregame. So I know that they always do, like, um, DeJesus. And, like, they did, like, Scotty P- Who was it last year? It was, like, yeah, DeJesus, Scotty Potts Scotty Potts and DeJesus. Yeah, big hurt, big Melton, Bill yep. Melton. Um, Who else were the Cubs guys though? I can't remember. David Kaplan and yeah, and, and um, Chucky oh, G. Son of a bitch, what's his name? Um, outfielder Justin, help me. Uh, the Hazers? No, 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 not the Hazers. These are your guys. Yeah, I don't. I, admittedly don't want. And this games. this describes Cubs fans right here for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, but no, no, you're right. I mean, and, and I've been talking about it for, I mean, ever since Benetti. I, I'm a huge college football guy, so I've been listening to Benetti for like a few years now, and I just love Benetti, dude. He's the fucking man. So while I do miss Hawk, so fight me for that. But Benetti is probably the best possible person we could have replaced Hawk with because he is. Well, I mean, Sox fans are very lucky to have him. Yes. So yeah, I just want to point. Very one, big quick, one quick story. I met Len Casper actually a couple of years. It was uh, not too long after the uh, Cubs World Series run. Great guy in general. Um, gave a great panel. He was talking with uh, Mark Grant, um, who was an alum of Jolly Catholic, where I went to high school. And it was kind of like an alumni uh, banquet fundraiser sort of thing. Um, so it, it was really cool to, uh, um, get to meet him in person. Um, great guy. So I can't, uh, be salty about, you know, I don't mind turning on a Cubs broadcast and listening to him. Um, so it, uh, I, I definitely think that'd be a great crossover team. Uh, Len Casper, great guy. So. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just really excited for this, uh, for the series, just mainly because of the players in it. Um, Quick question though: Is Moncada gonna play at all this series? Probably not. I know not. his back's bothering him. Is he is he day to day or? I mean, I'm gonna assume he'd be day to day. They haven't moved him to the DL, IL, whatever you guys want to call it yet. Oh, but I mean, they did. T- I mean, he's only played what two total games in the last week, and you don't. I mean, if there was a DH spot, maybe you may see him as a pinch hit bat. But I would expect to see Jose Rondon. Yeah. Unfortunately, for the, yeah, for the upcoming series, unless Zach Collins magically plays third base and we don't know about it, and that's the whole reason they called him up. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I'm excited to see Tim Anderson. I think he's like, like one of my favorite players in the game. Just the way he plays the game, I love. I would love to see him live. I don't want to see him pimp any home runs, but it'll be cool to you know to see him out there. And then definitely Eloy. I'm really just curious to see the return of. Eloy, a guy that we never got to see even wear Cubby Blue and who we were all excited for. But I think at the time we all kind of knew he was going to be part of some type of trade. Uh, there's no way the Cubs are going to keep him just with the crowded outfield. Yeah. yeah, even though he might be the best one out of anyone who's playing. But, this, is, uh, yeah, just, this is the one thing I told Nani the other day. Was I realized the other day when he went deep twice how much I would hate seeing Eloy Jimenez in Cubby Blue. Like I would absolutely hate it. He's just such a personality. What a play. He's he's just everything that I've wanted out of a Sox player. Even from the the off-field, he he's Yolmer Sanchez with absolutely amazing baseball talent. You know, he's got both of those, you know, yeah, the personality. Yeah, the personality mm. that he's going to bring to the Southside team as well as the ability to hit the ball onto the fucking fan deck. I mean, you can't couple those things and not just fall in love with the guy. I would be so jealous if I had witnessed Eloy Jimenez come up in a Cubs uniform. And I just got to say how happy I am that we traded Jose Quintana. I wasn't a big Jose Quintana guy at all. So this this trade, even if it was just those two straight up, I would be thrilled with. But, I mean, hearing you guys say how you want to see Eloy and how he is, this guy's amazing. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. expecting the world from him right now. And it, it, may not, it may not turn out to be everything that I hope for, and I hope it does, but... As of right now, like he's he's got to be one of my favorite players in the game of all time. Just from the brief little bit that I've gotten out of him, you know, he's he's on on the camera before the game. He's interacting with the with the pregame show. He's you know he's doing all this funny shit. 
the the okay symbols that we're going to get banned from Wrigley Field for all this stuff. You know, all the he, high moms. He, yeah, all the high mom, everything, just everything he's doing right now. It's a it's a different personality that we haven't seen on the White Sox. Um, you know, with that talent. I mean, we got it a little bit out of Yomer, but uh, with the talent to back it up, uh, this guy's just awesome, and I'm I'm so happy that he's on our ball club. I have a I have a quick question. Thank for you, you, Tony, for rubbing that in. <laughs> I have a quick question. What would uh, Eloy at his best season? What would it need to be for you to be? Ex- I guess meet your expectations of what he is now. Like, what do you expect he'll be? Like a 280, 40 home run guy? Like, I'm just curious. It's actually a good question. I would like to hear the next Consistent too. pop would be nice. I think I'd be content with like 30 and 100 and at least an average above 275. But I mean, if you're an 100 RBI guy and you're hitting home runs like that, your average. While it does matter, it doesn't necessarily matter. It really, I mean, it really depends what the Sox put around him. And, I mean, I would love to see him in the in the cleanup spot in years to come, you know, because I don't think he's played a game in the cleanup spot yet. I think the highest he's gotten in our lineup is fifth, and that's in a mediocre Sox lineup. You know, once that bat starts to heat up and we get guys like, I mean, and Yonder Alonso has hardly even been playing. We haven't even really talked about that. He but hit second get, in one game, I think, Jonda, but that was like it. That's weird. I don't even remember that. That's, so, he should never be hitting second. So, so you, no, you, you guys are saying it, that when Nick Madrigal comes up and he gets on base for him all the time, he's Nick gonna, Madrigal won't exactly. sniff the field on the south side. He's going to get traded. Oh, my God. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> they know I love Nick Madrigal, and they hate him. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, know no. the, I know the mixed feelings about Madrigal, so I had to throw that one in there. Uh, so, by the way, Doug Glanville was the name I was. It was Glanville. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I was gonna right. say that, but you were. That was rolling, killing so. me. Killing me. I, I didn't know you said the Hazers before. That was the whole dude. That was the whole reason the one kid got banned because Glanville made a huge deal about it. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Good, good luck, worrying you like getting banned from Wrigley this week. Yeah, right. The whole team puts up that sign. Fucking uh, get lit. One one thing when I uh, we were talking uh, Eloy, you know, you said you know you never got to see him in Cubby Blue, and one thing that I really liked from him, it's like I feel like you know he's not like doesn't feel like he was spited. Obviously, he understands the business of baseball, but in a spring training game, I can't remember if it was this year or last year, um, when the White Sox were playing at the Cubs Stadium in Mesa, and Eloy had been out for. A little bit. I think it was almost a week uh, with like just a little like nagging like injury, and he was was finally like almost cleared to uh, play, but they didn't have him in the lineup to start. And then in the latter innings, with the bases loaded, they let him pinch hit, and he hit a grand slam down at Mesa. There, Um, I just remember that, and I feel like there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Maybe not uh, like. You know, complete like a few guys, but I want to show you guys what you're missing out on. So it'll definitely be interesting to see him uh, play at Wrigley. That it will, especially if again, I think the I think the weather. Honestly, it, it's crazy how much that ballpark plays to the weather. Because you know, I look at tomorrow's forecast right now, and it says you know the high is 70, the low is 60, and sunshine. So maybe we do get some wind blowing out tomorrow night. And then, you know, for that game on Wednesday, 65, 54 is the low and some rain. You know, it might be a, literally a tale of two ballparks in, in two separate nights. Um, so that'll be something to, to certainly keep an eye on. But, uh, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. There's there's so many 
I feel like this is also the first year in a while too, where there's just so many storylines. I feel like going into this series, it's not just Cub Sox. You have the Eloy. You have, you know, you know, oh, what's Quintana doing in comparison? You know, what's you know Lester doing? Gilito. Like, there's just so much going on for once, and it's just like, oh wow, okay, this is, you know, it's not just reading about. Okay, well the, you know, like I think like 2014 where it was like, okay, the 23 and, you know. 35 White Sox play the 22 and 30, you know, six Cubs. Like, you know, this is actually a, a year where they're both competitive and they're both good. And, you know, one's an up and coming kind of rising team and the other one's, you know, an established NL powerhouse right now. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's actually going to be a very fun series. All right, guys, we can't thank you enough for coming on and, you know, enjoying this Crosstown matchup with us. Um, we should definitely try and do this again before the next Crosstown series. You know, maybe Absolutely. banter a little bit about sure. a summary of this series and then looking forward to that next series. Um, but other than that, we appreciate you guys and best of luck to you. You know, we're not bad sports over here. We uh, made the best team win. Yeah, absolutely. Game, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, good luck. We'll uh, we'll host you guys over on our side then for uh, the next section of the series. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, take the high road, Jonda, because that was a lot nicer than what I would have had to say. I was going to say, I was waiting for Tony <laughs> yeah. to more Well, we know how your jinx effect works, so we need you myself. to keep your mouth shut right now. <laughs> Socks are going to go 0-2. <laughs> Is that Tony's there we go. We got, we got the official crazy mark. We got the yep, other crazy Marchese effect going <laughs> uh, full blown into this crosstown series first uh, installment of it. So, um, guys, thank you again for coming on. I'm sure there will be plenty of Twitter banter, um, plenty of stuff in our group chats going on. But you know, we'll make this a fun one. Uh, make it a fun one for both our Shy Sox Weekly, your Northside Nine followers, all of the OnTap followers, uh, and get a little taste of you know how dedicated we are to these teams. And that is the whole point of this. Um, we got guys that absolutely live. Uh, and die Cubs baseball on the north side there that came on tonight. And we've got, obviously, our South Sider Die crew here uh, at Shy Sox Weekly. So um, it, it's good. It's good to be passionate. That's all I've got for this. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, thanks again for having us, guys. It was fun. Always fun to talk baseball with you guys. And, um, yeah, may the best teams win. Um, it's, it's actually a meaningful series for both teams this year. They're both good. Um, so just that alone, um, makes it worth watching for, for Cubs and Sox fans alike. Absolutely. Thanks guys. We hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Overzealous Foulball Catcher. Mr. Overzealous Foulball Catcher. You're nowhere close to that foul ball heading for the bleachers. Who cares? You're going for it. That ball's mine. Hot dog vendors, old ladies, infants. You mow them over like a diesel-powered combine. Yeah! Ashamed of your souvenir fervor? Hardly. You scratch and gouge your way to the ball like a bloodthirsty wolverine. You're a feisty rodent. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, Mr. Bully of the Bleachers. Because why pay for a souvenir 
when you can fight for one. Mr. All right, and we are back here Bud on Light episode beer, 41 of Shy Sox Weekly. Um, ready to wrap it up. We want to thank the Northside Nine guys again for coming on. Um, that honestly was a lot nicer than I expected it to go because I'm not a big Cubs fan guy. So those are some cool-ass Cubs fans. Um, lucky to have them in the ONTAP Sportsnet crew because I don't like cocky Cubs fans, and they're not cocky Cubs fans. They tell it how it is. So moving forward, we do have a couple of uh, questions that we got submitted for the episode, and then um, we're going to wrap it up with our uh, eye on the opponents looking forward. So, um, Nani, why don't you bring it in with a couple of questions that we had got? Yeah, so, John, you'd put out the tweet um, about uh, this episode, you know, after not recording last week. So if we had any questions that uh, people had burning on their minds, if they wanted to send them in. And uh, our guy, Sean Roberts, a previous guest on this show, uh, the first one rolling in scorching hot, John. He says, have you been punched yet? (laughs) So I have not been punched yet especially at a sporting event, but I was originally supposed to go to the uh, game tomorrow and the, the, my buddy that said he had got tickets, like, I don't know, it's a long story, but basically he was like, yeah, no, I, I said, do you want to go? When he totally told us that like he had four tickets and he invited me to go. So he wrote a check that his ass can't catch. Yeah. He Reinsdorf the fuck out of me. So basically, um, I probably would have been punched in the face tomorrow because I was already telling you guys, like, I'm going to pull up to Wrigley with the fucking Shy Sox weekly flag. I'm going to be a total asshole. Like, yeah, so it's probably for the best that I don't go tomorrow because that would have cashed cashed in my little uh, get punched in the face ticket right there. But other than that, I have been behaving myself, believe it or not, Sean. I got pretty fucked up um, the last Shy Sox weekly tailgate we had and got pretty close to getting into a fight in the bleachers. I remember talking about it a couple episodes ago, but other than that, I've been behaving myself. So no, I have not been punched in the face yet. Good. Good to know. Uh, we keep that face, uh, all intact, John, you know, uh, that way that wouldn't be good for the brand if you're getting, uh, sucked. I mean, luckily this is a podcast and it's all audio, so I don't have to be too pretty for people to listen to us. So yeah, well, well your, your public appearances, you know, we, we got to keep that up. Um, all right, next one. Moving on. Jordan Miller asks, um, are we getting banned from Wrigley for all the OK signs? Um, my answer, yes, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully they're on base enough to do it, yes. You know, I, I can't wait for Eloy and Luray to get on base and just throw up that sign because it's going to be probably the best moment of the White Sox season for me. And I know that Johnny is going to be able to gif those little okay signs right there. And mm-hmm. I think that everybody should definitely order the Eloy shirt that we've got in the ONTAP sports store. E-L and the O is that sign right there. Why? Because Eloy throws that up nonstop, and we love seeing it every single time. So I hope Eloy gets on base every time he is up to the plate and lets the Cubs face faithful see that little sign right there. Yeah, you'd, you'd mentioned the gifts. Um, I, I've got some funny things in the works. You know, I like to jab fun at that. Um, have been over the past couple of weeks, even when we haven't been playing the Cubs. Now they will actually be in Wrigley. Um, so it, it, I do I do have a couple uh, things up my sleeve, too, and I think it'll be funny. Um, I think the followers will enjoy it. Um, so, yes, hopefully, like I said, we got to be getting on base enough to do that. Uh, Lurie leading it off, and then hopefully Eloy uh, bringing it home. So, 
Um, next one. Um, let's see. This comes from uh, Big Zims. I know you're a big Sebi guy, but do you think Collins is a good move? His stats in the minors aren't impressive, and if he's and if he's ready, how is Cease not? Um, John, I believe this one was directed towards you. Yeah, so this was actually texted to me, and I thought it was such an intriguing question that I kind of want to discuss this with you guys. Um, this is our probably our biggest question that we got. All the other ones are kind of just like, did you get punched in the face or are you going to get banned from Wrigley? We're obviously not going to get banned from Wrigley, and I'm obviously going to get punched in the face at some point. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think basically um, I, I don't even remember what I had responded to him because I was getting ready for work when he had posed me this question. Obviously, we are huge Sabi Zavala guys, and it was nice to see Sabi get his little cup of coffee, and he has been shining in the minors since we sent him back down trying to prove a point. So while I am upset that Sabi isn't the one getting the call, it'll be nice to see for the first time, what Zach Collins can do. Cause you know, that is a first round pick while his batting average and whatnot, isn't all there. The power numbers are there. And like we had mentioned earlier, he has one of the craziest walk rates you're going to see ever from a power hitter. So to pose it over to the cease part, I think this may be, you know, cease and Collins have been together they played in Birmingham together for a little bit, and they played on the Knights together for a little bit. So they've been coming, not, not really coming up in the system together. Like how we had mentioned, Cease basically came up all the way up to double-A through the Cubs system. Actually, no, we, he, he played single-A for us too. But I think this might be, you know, Rick Hahn's first sort of move into bringing Dylan Cease up. You know, you want to get your catcher that you're so accustomed. You don't want to just bring these guys both up at the same time and them not produce. Honestly, I think there's something way bigger going on with Wellington Castillo than what the front office is telling us. You know, that 10-day DL stint could easily turn to a 60-day DL stint before we know it. And before we know it, we could have maybe already seen the last of Wellington Castillo, which I would not be mad about. So I would much rather see a guy like Zach Collins playing in whether it's DHing or being that secondary catcher opposed to a Wellington Castillo and a Yonder Alonso, because even if Zach Collins isn't producing, you're at least starting to give these guys that you that are supposed to be big pieces of the rebuild, you're at least starting to give them a chance. Do I like the fact that we have a guy like Odrismeyer Despagne up instead of Cease? No. I think that's absolutely fucking stupid. You know, we talked about it a little bit. He is a quadruple-A starter at best. He has, like, a career ERA of, like, six-plus. I, I, don't quote me on it, but he has not looked great in a Sox uniform. I would much rather see Dylan Cease maybe not getting rocked because no one wants to see that, but I would much rather see him in that starting role than Despagne. So for that end of the question, I don't agree with the move because C should have already been called up. You know, we're past the Super 2. But in terms of still getting Collins a chance, I'm all for it. Maybe not this series. It's kind of weird to call a guy that isn't going to get that much tick up for an NL series when there isn't a DH, and he's basically your prototypical DH. So that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. But timing isn't always your choice you know wellington castillo got hurt so we didn't really have i mean we could have called up sebi but other than that we didn't really have another option 
I got a short little take there. I think the word that you're looking for is you want to see Dylan Cease take his lumps at the highest level. I think exactly. that's the best. Not not get rocked, but, you know, these guys are going to have to adjust. Um, they're probably going to go through some rough patches to start. So I agree with you. I'd rather be seeing Dylan Cease take his lumps right now um, instead of just against AAA uh, competition right now. And for the Zach Collins thing, I am going to go. Um, th- this may not be the uh, popular opinion, what people want to hear. But I am under the impression that this is kind of another uh, cup of coffee, uh, Sebi Zavala type call up. Um, I fully believe that um, he will be sent back down when um, Wellington Castillo is back because the White Sox um, just are not willing to trim the fat on the roster. Um, th- that's just my hot take on it. Um, so I- I've just been burned enough to. Uh, think that he's not going to be sticking up here as much as they say, oh, they want these guys to come up and stick and not have to go back down. Well, um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to be keep playing these games with uh, these veteran guys that they have just because of contractual obligations. So I I can see where you're saying that, and I, I address this at Sox on Tap. I know you've probably heard this take already, um, but I want to get into one thing a little bit uh, before I go there is, Johnny, um, you know, you burned an option on Zavala. Um, so it makes sense to go and burn one of the Zach Collins options too, if that's the route that they're going to play. Um, you know, give him, get him up, give him a cup of coffee, send him right back down. And you know, John, you kind of mentioned that he's been with Cease. I don't know if he's been catching Cease every time he's out there, or if that's been Zavala uh, at AAA. But um, I, I can totally see where where Johnny's coming from. I actually, um, I think that this one's a little bit different. Uh, just based on the Rick Hahn comments of, of making people stick, I think that Zach Collins ends up sticking. I think he sees some time at first base, and I think that the odd man out here um, is Yonder Alonso. And I think that, you know, one of, one of the things I, I brought up with on Socks on Tap with, with Buzz the other night was that Alonso has his charity event coming at the end of June. If Wellington Castillo uh, is on the IL, even if it's 10-day IL, uh, I know, John, you you thought maybe it can go 60. Um, Even if it's a 10-day IL and it stretches a few days extra, you get that Yonder Alonso charity event out of the way, and that's the last you see of Yonder Alonso. And Zach Collins is your backup first baseman for the White Sox, uh, splitting time between DH, catcher, and first base. I don't think there's any really reason to send him back down. Uh, let him take his lumps just like Dylan C should be taking his lumps up here. And I, I think that's how it goes. Uh, I I am as sick of seeing Yonder Alonso as both of you guys are. And I think that uh, the only thing that changes this is if Yonder Alonso just goes on an absolute tear over the next few weeks. The only other thing that could possibly happen in that time is there's some sort of trade that Rick Hahn has um, – panned out here and whether that be um you know zach collins himself uh being showcased up here um or somebody else i don't i don't know but you're gonna have to clear room once wellington castillo's back and the only thing that's gonna save that is what john said a 60 day il stint so we'll have to see how this shakes up I, i i can't predict anything um as i wrote in that blog today i wouldn't be shocked if there's no answer to the situation by July 31st when that trade deadline rolls around. Yeah, no, interesting take. I did hear that. Um, you say that on Socks on Tap, and, you know, I kind of hope that is the case, but um, I'm just giving my honest opinion on what I think will happen. Um, I, there's no 
an absolute in that. Um, I don't think either way there's an absolute, but I like your theory. Um, but just from the front office's past uh, actions, um, them continuing to keep a guy like Despagne around um, and their you know commitments, uh, so call it, to uh, Yonder Alonso, um, I don't know if it ends right away. I, I think that may be an issue that they just keep putting off until the end of the season. Um, that, that's just my two cents on it. That's all. I just wanted to get it out there for the listeners. Uh, so take both perspectives into account, and uh, we'll see exactly what happens here, how the White Sox play this out when uh, Wellington Castillo's DL stint is up. All right, so that's going to wrap it for our listener questions. Um, we appreciate everybody that did submit a listener question. I kind of put that out at a weird time, so that may be why we only ended up getting three. Um, we apologize again for having to take the week off last week. We hope that we were able to make up for it by giving you basically everything that you need for a Cubs Sox preview. So let's look a little bit ahead because we probably won't put out another episode until after that Boston series. So uh, to wrap it up, Johnny, why don't you give us a little taste of what the Sox are going to be going up against this next like week, week and a half. So we had already talked extensively about the Sox-Cubs. That is a Tuesday-Wednesday series. Uh, just a quick two-game there on the north side. Then the White Sox will be traveling to Texas. Uh, Three-game series over the weekend, Friday through Sunday. Uh, Texas playing some good ball right now, so um, you know they're they kind of lingering lingering around that uh, last AL wildcard spot. So uh, definitely an intriguing team uh, matchup in Texas down there. And then um, the White Sox will be at Boston uh, next Monday through Wednesday. Um, and that rounds out that stretch of the road trip before they, uh, you know, that rough stretch or the uh, gauntlet stretch, I think, as John referred to it, um, before they come back home to the Twins uh, that following weekend. So, um, I, I mean, it, it's going to be a little bit challenging, guys. I, I think, you know, the ball flies in Texas. That is, uh, <laughs> there is uh, no doubt about that. I don't know if you can remember two years ago, Nicky Delmonico, um, he was just blasting the ball over that ballpark. Um, I feel like Texas. Uh, does the same thing when any opponents come into their ballpark. All right. Tony, you have anything you want to talk about upcoming series-wise? I mean, I'd already mentioned it. That's a fucking gauntlet. That is tough, especially to get, you know, Boston and Texas, who are the two, basically the two teams ahead of us besides the Indians and the wild card right now, to get them away. This is probably the biggest test that we're witnessing right now that the Sox are going to have to face this year if they do end up wanting to compete for that wild card spot obviously with the starting pitching we're trotting out it's probably not going to happen at this point you know this is where the men separate themselves from the boys and you know i'm not saying that we're boys but we are significant steps away from contending with the starting pitching that we're providing right now so who's to say we don't end up i mean i saw a hot take actually i do want to bring this up i saw a hot take the other day saying that the Sox, like someone thinks that the Sox, and I actually agree with this, that the Sox shouldn't be sellers at the deadline. So like what Clinton was talking about last week about how like, oh, if there's a deal for Colomay, go go do it. I think the Sox should be somewhat of buyers at the deadline and they should go get a controllable starting pitcher, a veteran starting pitcher that they can be able to service for the next couple of years and maybe even implement a postseason push. So, you know, the offense has been electric to this point this year the run differential is not all there but that's what happens when you trot out dudes with six plus eras so other than that i really really do i mean i would be so cool if the Sox just keep splitting series until the end of this gauntlet 
you know, we don't even have to pull ahead. Just just maintain and get back to playing teams like the fucking Royals and the Tigers and shit. But other than that, I don't have much more for you guys. I look forward to talking to you again and hopefully talking about some White Sox winners. So you stole everything that I was going to say, and that was just the keep, you know, splitting series or, you know, remaining competitive in them enough to, you know, split them, win two, win three, uh, out of four, you know, whatever you got to do to just keep yourself in these series. Take each series at a time and just, you know, get those wins. Lucas Giolito is the stopper. You know, anytime we're on a losing streak, you throw Lucas Giolito out there, we're going to, we got a good chance to win a ball game. And, you know, if we can continue to use this offense to carry us through, I think we're in a good spot. The, the pitching is a problem. We all know it. Um, you know, it's, it's been talked about countless times on this podcast, on Socks on Tap, within blogs, within the Shy Sox Weekly guys. We all know what the problem is with this team. I agree with the fact that we should be buyers at the deadline, and the, the thing that we should buy is starting pitching. If we can get a controllable guy for two or three years that helps us open up that window next year, and even to just eat some innings this year and keep us competitive in ball games, I think that's what you have to go do. I'm totally against trading any of the bullpen pieces we have just based on the fact that, you know, we're going to have to go acquire those guys next year. That window of contention should be fully open next year. There's there's no excuses for it at this point in time, in my opinion. You know, you've got these guys who finally figured it out at the major league level. Lucas Giolito looks awesome. Tim Anderson, Yohan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, they're all going to be here. They've got a whole full year of experience plus more underneath their belts. You know, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Jose Abreu. But this Sox team's in a really good spot right now. If they can figure out a way to add via trade, I'm all for it. Because we all know how hard it is to go and get that free agent that's going to make an impact for this club. We saw it this last offseason. It didn't work out for us. We're already at a disadvantage. You know, the the storyline plays to itself. I've said countless times this team is going to need to add via trade. This is the perfect deadline to go do it. You've got tons of minor league depth. There's a ton of guys out there that are tradable assets that other clubs are going to want, especially rebuilding clubs. Look how many teams are rebuilding right now. They all want these guys. Utilize that. Go out. Get yourself a pitcher who's controllable, who's going to help this team through the rest of this year. Play competitive ball games in August, September. Whether or not we make a wild card spot or not doesn't matter. It's about playing competitive ball games, keeping this club interesting in those late months of the season and then going into next year with something that we can, you know, absolutely look at and say, this team's competitive. So I echo that 100%. This is going to be an interesting deadline. We're going to have it all covered here on Chai Sox Weekly, obviously. So, you know, I, I'm just really curious to see what we do. There's still dead weight that we got to cut, but, you know, this team has been a lot more pleasant to watch than I think what we've seen over the past 10 years of White Sox baseball. So let's be thankful for that, and let's just continue to support this ball club. One of the things that we haven't talked about is how attendance and the numbers are up right now. Pat Comiskey wrote a great blog today on how you know fans are interested right now. This is exciting times. This is good stuff to see. I just want to see it continue. You know The trajectory is up right now. Let's not do anything stupid at the deadline to go and screw that up. Amen, Tony. I was going to butt in, but you literally took it all. That is all I have for this week. Amen, Tony. All right, guys. Until next time, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, let's go Sox, boys. Let's go, let's go White Sox. Sox. Beat the Cubs. Yeah, fuck the Cubs. Yeah, there we go.